on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself and launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And the Blues are one step closer to making finals for the first time since 2013 with a 36-point win over GWS to go 12-6. and Lockie, what did you make of that win and how are you feeling about being just that little bit closer to seeing Carlton play finals this year? Oh, mate, that was a bit of a... Wow, what a reminder. We are getting close, four weeks away. Maybe. We're almost there. You feel like you can almost hang on to it, right? Yeah, just about. Uh, It's. I mean, we said at the start of the season, surely 12 wins get your finals. It feels like you need a couple more now. And with, yeah, Yeah. what, four games to go? We've got any chance to get two, maybe even three if we're good enough. But I think one, Mm. going off all the ladder predictors that I've done every single day (laughs) uh, that keeps going by, (laughs) I feel like one more definitely gets us in. Yeah. Another on top of that would be amazing. But yeah, look, it it's great to just be beating these teams that I think we should be beating. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm honestly keen to talk about the game because there was a lot of different stuff to take out of it, I suppose. You and I caught up at halftime, both not, I wouldn't say, in the <laughs> happiest of moods with what we saw in the first half. But I, I kind of had this confidence even then that we were still going to be able to put the foot mm. down, um, which we did, which was good. And good to honestly beat them by more than we did earlier in the season. I think that's a win mm. in itself. Yeah, look, we were definitely flat. And I guess with that, I'm going to try and hype you up with something because you had okay. a go at me last week. I took a bit long into the podcast <laughs> to get to this. So I've whipped it out nice Perfect. and early. You wanted these Apple reviews because, look, if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> we want to hear from you guys. We want to know if you are enjoying it. And I've said, if you're on whatever mm. streaming platform you're on, give us a nice review. And if you're on Apple Podcast, you can actually give us a written one. And, look, I, I did the call to arms. I said, if, if you give us five stars... Go. I will read out your reviews, and we got a few during the week, so I'll read them out here. We've got one from Jackson Ray, who says, Great to finally meet you on the weekend, Ian, which I did. Absolutely great, oh. fella. Um, this was unfortunately at the Geelong game, so that was probably the highlight, honestly, of oh. that game. Um, <laughs> spewing, we couldn't celebrate a win. Love the pod. Keep them coming. P.S. Casey Mitz stinks. And um, <laughs> look, you, you might not know too much about this, but that man, I think he may have ended up in the Yarra um, after the beautiful win wow. against GWS. So he may stink quite a bit this week. Uh, but thank you, Jackson, for that one. We absolutely love to see it. Right. Shout out another to Casey. One he- Definitely. I uh, got another one here from <laughs> Prawn Frawley that says, the Navy Blue Corner is a weekly highlight whether the Blues win or lose. Ian and Lockie provide balanced, well-researched views. Also oh. love their passion for Carlton. Recommend to all Blues fans. Hope you guys keep up going with the pod for years to come. So that is oh, some mate. of the kindest words ever. It makes me want to keep going forever. That's just for that brawny boy. Um, also, that one was titled Sard-like podcast. So that must mean it's the greatest thing that's ever existed. <laughs> Are we paying these people? What is this? <laughs> is this unsolicited? 
Also, did Jackson was Jackson aware of the podcast before you met him, or did you just go up to a random bagger at the game and <laughs> give him a business card and say, "Here's a review"? No, yeah, a very long time listener. Um, absolutely loves the show. I, I didn't even oh, ask legend. him to uh to give the five star review. So again, we're oh, not paying these Jackson. people as much as I'd love to. Uh, we've got our yeah, but- last review. From Villa Ross um, that said, best Carlton pod going, which means a lot because there is a lot out there. There's a lot of competition, <laughs> which is why we love getting the uh, the reviews back. Definitely helps us out. He says, yeah. always look forward to the pod dropping. It's a breath of fresh air as a wholesome, knowledgeable, and optimistic review of the Mighty Blues. Ian and Lockie are very good at what they do. Keep up the great work, boys. So oh. look, the reviews are coming in hot. Wow. Like I said, Give us five stars. We will read it out. If it's four stars, I will not utter a single word that you've written. So give us the five and you will definitely get a shout out on the pod. And speaking of shout outs, we also got some lovely kind words this week from William Wall. um, And he wanted us to give a shout out very selflessly, not even to himself, but to Mm. his fiance, Emily. So big shout out to Emily there. Best wishes on the wedding. And I believe that we'll be expecting those invitations in the mail to the wedding anytime soon now. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Where, where are they, Lucky? Bit weird that they haven't arrived yet. Uh, yeah. You know, you need a couple of MCs. Jump <laughs> on board. We'll, we'll bring the microphones. I mean, we've, we've at least got that one. Um, and yeah, last of rattling off all the other plugs here. Follow us on social media at Navy Blue Corner. And if you're watching this in video form on YouTube, yes, sir. give it a like. Comment along during the episode. And of course, subscribe because we're about to hit, I think, 300 subscribers, which is a massive milestone for us. So keep those coming, please. <laughs> Mate, I'm proud of you. Look at that. Not bearing the uh, calls to action an hour in. Um, proud of you. That's good. Good way to start the app. And, and watch us get numb this week. I, I tell you, that hour yeah. mark must be the perfect time to, uh, to do the plugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are dropping before my eyes. We're down to uh, 250. <laughs> oh no oh no what have we done um but let's talk some more positivity let's talk about that game because you mentioned something at the top there and it was honestly the next thing i had written down was that's probably the most confident i've ever been at a game of footy and this is something that both of us have yeah. spoken about at length off pod for years where we just wanted to go to the footy and go gee we're going to beat this team today and then throughout the game never feel nervous just feel confident mm-hmm. throughout I think this is the first time I've ever just gone, even when you know the game was pretty tight, I was just never nervous. Is that how you felt throughout that game? Well said, mate. Yeah, 100% right. I felt like we didn't start with a whole lot of energy mm. and the Giants got a few quick ones on the board and it was like, it, but even then, I just had the confidence and, and then, yeah, yeah, as the game went on, I truly had that feeling, like you said. Mm. Uh, took my grandpa to the footy for the first time in a long time. He's not one to watch a lot of Carlton because he gets a bit stressed out with you know the baggers that we've been used to. And it wasn't like that in this game because we felt like we were in control even though we probably didn't put them away as much as we could have. Um, but it's a good feeling for a change. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, like even in that third quarter when... We were a bit shaky when Weedering and, and Walsh were both off oh, with yeah. injuries. I know we were messaging each other thinking the worst <laughs> has potentially happened. And yeah. even then, I, I just had this feeling that we, we'll rally and then we, we are a better team. And all we really need is like that 10-minute patch and we'll blow this team away. And that's really kind of what we did in the end. We, we hung with them, never really played our best throughout the game. And then that last quarter, 
maybe went up a gear for a little bit, kicked a few goals, and then that was pretty much it. Uh, I think that just shows probably the the growth from this group that we felt confident, they seemed pretty confident, and not for one second did I ever think we were going to lose that game of footy. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. Even in those kind of 10-minute patches, like sometimes earlier in the season, it's just like full dominance mm. on our part. Even in this game, we didn't feel like that. We were still making some weird decisions, yeah. weird skill errors, missing shots on goal that we should have kicked. So, yeah, if you want to put your absolute optimism hat on, which we do in every single episode, there is just so much improvement from that performance and we still mm. won by six goals. Yeah. is uh, How did you sort of see that that win overall? Is there things you can take out of this game? How do you sort of view it, view the game? Um, things to take away from that game. Um, I, I think it was pleasing to get Setterfield um, and Gov back into this team. Yeah. Setterfield well-earned um, from his VFL performances and then Gov obviously from injury. Um, I, I still think there's improvement from both of them like in, in, in yep. a game like this, sure. but probably probably got more out of Setterfield than I expected. Um, and, mm. and then Gov got through the game and, and looked really good taking them into set marks, which was great. Mm. It, it's such a tough one to try to look at a game against a, a poor opposition. They don't have a proper coach. It's a caretaker. Their season's yep. pretty much done away from home. Like how much can you take out of beating them and how much from individual performances do you go like Setterfield coming in, I thought he played a really good game. How much do you go, oh, he's a superstar now. Like he's, he's set in this team. Oh, yeah. It's a tough one. And I'm just happy that he did perform because he had that that sort of nice patch in the VFL, earned a recall at some stage. The wing positions have been such a tough one for us this season. Even, you know, O'Brien was dropped the week prior. So we really haven't probably yeah. nailed down that position. It was really good to see, and I think you nailed it, Played better than what I was expecting, regardless of the opposition. I was hoping we were getting just a fine game, but I mean, yeah. I thought he just, his decision making and his use of the ball, particularly by foot, that's probably the best I've seen. And it might be Will Setterfield's best game ever, or definitely one that I've seen in a long time. He had 24 disposals, mm-hmm. 14 kicks. He went at 83% disposal efficiency, eight marks, two tackles. Got a goal, nine score involvements, which was the second highest, and yeah, two hundred and fifty-eight yeah. meters gain. So he was covering the ground well and and staying wide, which is what we finally want to see from our wingers. Staying wide, oh, you've nailed it at the end there. I mean, that's what we have kind of been harping on the last couple of weeks about comparing performances of mm. players and knowing that everyone has a different role to play. Um, like you could even mention mention Cottrell in the same sentence yeah. here with. You know, 16 disposals doesn't necessarily jump off the stat sheet to you, but two great goals when we needed yes. them, very reliable. Um, and same, just kind of playing that role and what we're looking for from a wingman. It's uh, We talk about it whenever he has a good game like this, but he's just come such a long way mm. um, from where he was. Yeah, it was so interesting. There were so many different moments where, and I know it's from Setterfield, know it's from it from O'Brien where, GWS had the ball and just by staying out wide and being in those right positions, we were able to just apply a little bit better pressure. And then when we won the ball, we were able to just push the game spread easier from the contest, knowing we had a number out Mm. there by himself and just being that even when the pressure sort of came and you're struggling to, to move the ball and transition it from defense, you know, you have that kick wide to the boundary. And I thought we used that really, really well. And 
like I mentioned, how much can you take away from that? Because we, we weren't amazing against Geelong and these better teams might not allow you to do it. But all I can say is we, we played a team, we played GWS and I saw us do it. So you got to take mm. some positives with it. And yeah, as far as Cottrell's game, I mean, yeah, 16 disposals, went at 81% disposal efficiency, got his two tackles with 13 pressure acts. We know he mm. loves to bring that pressure. He definitely did that. Six score involvements. And is he becoming that guy that seems to just never miss a set shot and always kicks oh. a goal when you need one? Uh, he, his improvement this season has been just insane. Why did you put that into the atmosphere? <laughs> what kind of absolute shocker is he going to miss next week? We're going to have to clip that. Yeah, it's all right. I've got a wooden desk, so hands are very firmly grasped on this one. Um, and even, look, I want to mention O'Brien too because yeah. I had look, I had a couple people around me at this football game where anytime your plowmans, your setterfields, your O'Briens, these kind of players got the ball or made the tiniest of mistake or didn't even in my eyes make a mistake, mm-hmm. you were getting these little comments and you're getting these little things and – Maybe I'm just like King Nuffy over here, but as soon as they did anything good, I'm loudly going, go setters. Yeah. Like wanting to bring some positive, at, you know, something out there. It's so frustrating that there is still this segment of fans that for whatever reason, their first thing is just immediately, oh, you're back in the twos, O'Brien, next week. And, you know, yeah. Paddy Cripps will make a horrendous decision and there isn't that same animosity <clears throat> towards it. I, I don't know what all these guys have to do to finally win over the fan base. But I think hopefully little performances like this where I didn't see many mistakes out there, I saw a lot of positivity, can hopefully just start to, to win these guys yeah. over. It's honestly a phenomenon, that or that thing that you talk about. When Setterfield, it might have been his first touch yeah. where he did that kick inside 50 and it got cut off. And I know I, I said that to my myself. Like, it's in my head. I'm just like, oh, no. Like, not this again. Not mm. Not his straight back in, and he's wasting the ball. And then after that, I thought he was brilliant in his usage yeah. and decision making. So, yeah, it's good to see some of these guys turning those narratives around. Hopefully, or maybe maybe they just never will. Because if yeah, Plowman plays too many more like that and it doesn't turn around, then it's a lost cause. Yeah, look, I mean, let's go straight into it. Let's get the Plowman chat out of the way because okay. I know there's going to be some people that hate it. Um, but was that his best game he's ever played for us? Probably. Yeah, that was 18 disposals, 10 kicks, went at 100% disposal efficiency, which is not Uh bad from the man who I'd called him out a couple of weeks ago from looking very pressured with it, looking shaky anytime he got the ball, turning it over a little bit. Game high, 10 intercept possessions, four score involvements. It was everywhere. He was calm. And I, I thought he looked a lot better just having maybe better defenders around him, having... Gov being able to take an extra tall. He mm. wasn't playing on their best small. and Well said. Maybe it's not a good thing because he has to maybe play on a worse, I guess, opponent. And maybe that's just his ceiling. And, and maybe that's not a good thing because he's played a lot of games for us. He's experienced and maybe we should be expecting more. But, I mean, what, what can you say about that performance? He was absolutely perfect. Didn't put a foot wrong, really, for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, 100%. I think a, a, a lot of the frustration that I think comes from the community, one is when there's a silly mistake that crosses with yeah. the goal. Sure, we'll take that. That happens with every defender. They have moments like that. But I think part of it is a lot of people don't see him as being someone that sets up play. 
and they just yeah. see him as like your role is to mitigate somebody mm. that we're part like we're past that we need everybody to be able to set yes. up offense and i don't know if i even really have uh, a stance on that yet because in this game in particular i felt like he still had eight contested disposals and he was part mm. of plenty of attacking chains like he was mm. not just doing that mitigating role um so i don't know if there is space for someone that is that kind of mold where they are just mm. an extreme defender but I'll, i'm not even putting him in that category and still we say this every week i'm still not saying that he's in our best 22 like when marchi comes back yeah. i don't know if he stays in but he he has multiple facets to his game he was doing mm. a lot in this game in this one well interesting interesting discussion you bring up because i've seen a couple of people say it do you think we can go March Bank along with the other three tools in there and have four tools, or are you maybe seeing Gov as a, a smaller defender? Well, because I mean, like Plowman's what yeah. 191 anyway. You make a good point. I mean, some of the traits that McGovern has, like we know that he, he can be quick off the mark. Like, I don't know. Like, we've never seen him try and do that. I, I could see it being a possibility with those four in the team. I'm mm. not sure exactly how it would look, but. I don't know. As as still, as much as I want to defend Plowman, I'm still not certain on just how it all fits with him there. And there's still mm. got obviously Stocker and, and Williams yeah. has to come back in. Yeah, I mean, I, I said last week, I, I expected him to be dropped for McGovern because I thought we were yeah. going to use that Stocker more sort of rebounding, like you're mentioning, like those defenders that they can defend, but they can also go forward and, and do a lot more. And that's probably still... Like the issue with Plowman, like he he is better than just like you're saying, being that you can only defend, you can't use the football. And I think yeah. at times he's he has shown that. But compared to, you know, a Zach Williams, even a Jordan Boyd when he was playing, True I think just the explosiveness Boyd. from those guys and, and seeing how they still can defend one on one, I think that suits us better. And I would expect as we keep progressing and as we get more guys back, he probably does make way. But if he can just do that every single week, that is what we're asking. And I think he's done that a few times this year. He's had some bad games. He's had some good ones. But yep. if, if we can try to get him around this kind of level for a while, then we're, we're going to be absolutely loving it. Um, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say to your question before, like it, it seems crazy that either Marchbank or McGovern aren't, best 22 yeah. if healthy it's like mm. it seems like a weird scenario that one of them would just be playing healthy in the twos so yeah mm. yeah i i weirdly can't see them going all of them i just think it's too many and so is it is it lewis young and march bank going for that spot and then gov being the <laughs> interceptor like i just it's it's so many different headaches which is finally yeah. a good thing i'm happy we're at this stage where we've finally got enough people back that we're having some selection headaches because it's been almost the opposite where it's gone. The selection headache is trying to find anyone to actually come into this back line because there's just been no players. So I'm happy it's finally reversed and I don't want to be this selection committee. Um, What other parts of the game did you see as kind of being the the keys to the success of that performance? Adam. Yes. Oh, (laughs) He's just... I know that that's a player and oh. not a theme, but we, <laughs> we have works. to talk about it tw- at least tw- in the first 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. I don't want to push it too far back. In. And that, I mean, that mark, oh my Is that word. his best game for Carlton, do you think? Yes, I think so. And he's had so many, but that was... 
He has. That was just explosive from the start. He, I don't think he ever made a mistake. His his closing speed is just so elite. It's off the charts. I've never seen yep. anyone just be so far away from the ball and always, every single time, not just get the spoil, but just intercept it and steal it right out of the opposition's hands. Decision-making is great. And I don't think we've we've mentioned it too much, but the Wolf is so great. Thank you. Big shout-out to the Jumper Punch boys for bringing that Absolutely. one back because I think my favorite thing about Sadi getting the Wolf is not only do you get multiple because he'll kick one and then get the, <laughs> the one-two back and keep going, but it, he, you can never tell exactly when he's about to kick it. And so you uh-huh. get like in the, cause he loves to fake it. And so you get these couple of early wolves that someone's gone to early in the crowd and feels like a bit of an idiot. And then two seconds later, oh, he's gone the handball and your wolf accidentally. And I just love it. I think it's fun. It brings a bit more excitement to the game. And yeah, big yeah. credit to the jumper punch boys. Cause it's made the footy as much as it's been so much fun this year. It's just taken it to a whole nother level with Sadi. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't mind a, a subdued wolf when he, you're right. Like he looks like he's loading up for a 60 meter bomb and he just kicks it 15. You just hear the little wolf <laughs> go around. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's good. It just, he does everything. Like when did yeah. he start becoming a contested marker? Oh, it's ridiculous. And it's been this big talking point from everyone that isn't a Carlton supporter of, gee, they've, they've bought in Adam Saad and he, he hasn't lived up to it, which we have never oh. agreed with, but I'm finally glad that after a few of these massive performances, the, the, the AFL media and those around are starting to go, oh, gee, Adam Saad has just gone to a whole nother level and, and they're starting yeah. to talk about the all Australian. And now it's oh. the, the conversation is, well, can you have both Doc and Saad? And, and I think it's a big <laughs> yes for me. Like who else is going to have it? Who else can possibly take it? Seriously. Oh, mate. What a dream that would be. What was my All-Australian call? Three at the start of the year? Can we get four? Mate, who knows? There, there could be a lot of them in this team, particularly if we uh, maybe get a couple of wins towards the end of this season. But yeah, Adam True. Saad is... He's been the player that I feel like in our losses often gets the best on. I reckon if you mm. go through every single one of our losses this year, he's pretty much gotten some high votes every single time. So yeah. I'm really happy he was able to really open the game and get the, the best on, really, from everyone yeah. in, a, in a massive win. And yeah, he maybe the growth for him is having this kind of performance on the big stage because, you know, like many, was pretty quiet against Geelong. I'd love to see him be able to do that against the really good sides because what he does, being able to just explode from that halfback position, continually just start so many of our amazing transitions from there. He never misses a target with every single one of his kicks, creates so much for us. I'm excited to see what he can do come finals time. Cause I think there's a big chance that like, I guess sort of the, I'm think the only player I can kind of compare it to back in the day was like your Chris Yaron where come mm. finals time, all of a sudden you need a bit of a moment and he'll just spark something from down back. <laughs> yeah. Great call. God. Wow. I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I'm just so excited to see some of these fellas on the big stage and see how they cope. And he and he's someone that has had the finals experience, um, yes. albeit albeit limited, but he has gotten there. So, yeah, very exciting. It's just another piece of the puzzle, isn't he? Mm, it it is. And look, it's a bit of a negative, but it can maybe turn into a positive. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it because 
Mm. The midfield's probably a big thing that will get spoken about again. We, we weren't great last week. Had a bit of an interesting month or so. And look, we, we yeah. lost the battle as far as clearances are concerned. Um, lost 38 to 33. Lost 12 to 8 in, in center clearances. But we won, I guess, maybe overall with the, with the spread from the contest with 65 more uncontested possessions. We maybe haven't been the best at clearances for a while now. Do you think that this is of any sort of concern for you at the moment? I know we had no Hewitt there. We haven't had Pitonet for a while. Mm. Are you concerned at all about maybe that midfield headed into finals when it, I guess, becomes that contested game again? I think it's a fair concern in the sense of if you're trying to pick out where are the weak points. Like if you, if you, it, it's not necessarily because a concern per se, yeah. but if you're trying to work out those little bits, if you know what I mean. And, and I'm glad you brought it up because that's exactly what I was going to pose back to you. If you had 2020 hindsight mm-hmm. and Pitt was fully healthy, would you have wanted him as the number one guy in a game like this? Oh, for, for sure. Going off what he's been able to do when he's played for us this season, he's winning every single hit out to advantage. I think he was number one uh, when he was fit this season. And just a little blocks he does that allows Cripps to get out a little bit more from the contest and his overall ruck game really is suited to the way Michael Voss wants to play you saw that earlier this season and I'm happy that we're at least finding other ways to kind of score we're getting this outside game where we're having to go and utilize the wings if we're not necessarily winning it we're finding other ways to score scoring heavily from turnovers um but even even so, we still managed to use our clearances really well in this game. I think we scored around 50 mm-hmm. or something points from stoppages or clearances. So even though we maybe didn't win them overall and didn't have that dominance that we've seen previously, we were still finding ways to generate scores from that and then also around the ground. And I'm a big believer in I think Pitt is just that missing link in how everything works. Cause you see like a big boy, like Bruce kind of manhandle TDK at times. Like there's just not much you can do. And yeah, I, I'm a big on as soon as Pitonet is back into this team, you're hopefully going to see that sort of center dominance come back for us. And that's exactly why it's not a massive concern for me because I, I thought TDK battled really hard and had, and had a lot of nice moments. Bruce is one of the biggest strongest blokes in this entire yeah. league and we were just never going to be able to win the hit outs he was getting first yeah. use and, and a lot of their mids albeit you know some of their better mids weren't playing which were <laughs> fortunate for us <laughs> um it i just feel like it would have been an entirely different story if Pitt had been taking the majority of them um and as we've spoken about it changes our whole team dynamic where sauce yeah. can go back to that other older role and maybe charlie and harry don't have to get up the ground as much so you know, I really hope that we do see Pitt back soon because I think it's going to just kind of rejuvenate this clearance yeah. game that we started the season with. And you're and, and I don't want to undersell Hewitt being out as well, but I think mm. Pitt's the big factor. Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting one because you can either go kind of either way with it and say, well, are we too reliant on one person being that key cog in our midfield? And I know that that's why a lot of people have said we should bring Dow back in because he's that, burst center clearance player and if we're not winning the clearance can we bring in a clearance specialist and and i get Mm. that reasoning but then i loved hearing like the other argument to that which is well if we've got a crips we've got a walsh these amazing players in there and they're not getting it done 
do we think that you know a Paddy Dow is going to get that happening for us anyway? And it's interesting. It's an interesting debate for trying to see how this can all work. But I'm going to take the positive of it and say that we, in his absence and when we're not winning clearances, we've now found different other avenues to score and to, to still yeah. win games. And now that we're going to hopefully get that center clearance dominance back, I think we're just going to be a much better, well, all-rounded team and we can sort of do mm. everything, which is what I'm hoping anyway. Because he's, he's looked right. so good in the VFL the last two weeks. Oh, I know. You're right. And that was what the, the media was wanting to talk about early on in the season, like that we're one-dimensional and that we're getting mm. teams are working us out. Um, and we've shown that we can still get the wins on the ball without him. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a massive boon for us when we, we do bring him back mm. in. And it's probably a good time to just mention the the Dow thing because I, yeah. I mean, I was I was surpri- surprised that he wasn't um, mm. put in 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 place of Hewitt, but it seems like a good decision in the end. It was good to get Fish some more time in there, who had a good game, I thought, and and while she spent maybe a bit more time than normal in there, I, mm. I don't have the numbers to back that up, but it felt like it. Yeah, I, I don't have them specifically, but I remember reading them from someone else that definitely said his his numbers were up as far as center bounce attendances from the, from previous right. weeks. So they sort of used him and Fisher to to sort of spread out those other center bounces, and it was an interesting one. I definitely thought Dow was in. I actually bought Dow into one of my fantasy draft teams because <laughs> I I needed a midfielder. Everyone was out injured, and then I actually just forgot. To uh to change anything, oh, lost the game. So absolute idiot there. I'm sorry That's to hear the, that. the issue of running about six different fantasy teams. You're probably gonna forget <laughs> about one of them. Um also big shout out to us two. Um oh, yeah. in Supercoach. We beat we, we beat Leck Dog. I can't I believe it. We need to give a big shout out to us two because and and thanks, Leck Dog. We we love you. You're absolutely great. Shout out to Leck Dog too. Um we know he's a he's a big fan of the pod, but <laughs> suck in. <laughs> You got beaten. Uh, <laughs> it's probably the biggest achievement that we've ever had on this on this podcast is putting I'd together a so. super coach team and, and beating one of the best there is, even for just one week. Yeah. No. Well said. Cop that indeed. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, I actually don't even know where I was going with anything. Oh, Dow is what I was originally Dow, talking yeah. about. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought he was definitely going to come straight in. It made the most sense. We lose a big midfielder, bring in one. Um, but obviously, clearly, clearly from this, if we were happy to just up the minutes of other people already in the team, the the coaches and the, the guys picking the team, there's something that they're not happy with from Dow. And there's obviously this big reason why he's not getting in. There's kicking efficiency issues. There's lack of being able to play anywhere else on the ground. There's defensive work rate issues. There's time on ground issues. Is his tank good enough? There's so many different little things that it could be, but I guess with yeah. him probably getting the best chance to come back into this team, I don't want to go too negative on this, but do you think that that means that Dow's pretty much done now at Carlton? Hmm. If they're not selecting him there when like we just we we should have if, if you're looking at like a straight swap. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not wishing this, but if I was a betting man, which you know, which I you are. Good <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think so. I think the uh, it's on the wall there, isn't it? Surely. Mm. Like yeah, you said, it's, it's a perfect, a, it, it's the perfect time if it was, if it was going to mm. happen. 
it's a sad one that they obviously don't trust him for whatever big reason that that they're seeing to not even give him that opportunity. Um, I'm very happy that Cedarfield got his of his form in a different position because yeah. he definitely showed that he was up to it. And I, I love to see Dow, as we mentioned earlier in the season, would love to see what he can do in his Voss team with a better midfield around him. Um, but yeah, him not coming in this week kind of maybe might be the end of him, which yeah, who knows? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? History will sort of tell us that one. Exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I I think back to how we were talking about SPS at probably a similar time yeah. last season, and we felt like, oh, there's whispers that he's gonna he's gone, mm. and what a shame he was such a high pick. And we got basically, well, at the time it felt like nothing. Where it was brilliant ending up being young, mm. but it felt like nothing. And and he's shown nothing really yeah. in a, in a really poor team this year. So. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, the time will tell, and we'll may look back on it unfavorably. Yeah, but I, I have so much faith in the the selection committee and all of that that you know the results mm. speak for themselves. Really, that, that was really gonna be my sort of closing point on this is just the faith I have in Vossi and everyone that I trust their decision making in, in whatever they're doing, and if they don't think he, maybe they just don't think he suits our game style. Like, maybe that's it. There's parts of his game that don't work, and he might be a better player yeah. somewhere else. That sometimes happens. But, yeah, I'm just going to back in what this coaching group are doing because it's worked so far this year. I really have no reason to to not back him in. But I think, yeah, that's probably mm. an, enough doubt chatter. I'd hope to, to be able to see him get another opportunity, but it might not look like yeah. that's the case from now. Um, but speaking of an inclusion... A guy that came mm. in, we maybe haven't touched on his game a lot, was the return of Mitch McGovern. We yep. got our third tall back, the interceptor. What did you make of his return performance? Ten disposals and seven marks for Big Gov. Um, the first thing that I noticed as I was uh, got to the game quite early and was watching him take some shots for goal before the game, God, he looks like a different man to yeah. uh, last season. So fit looking. Those mm, legs are very slim. skinny. Very slim. And it's good to see because, um, yeah, I think it was uh, a good performance after missing so much footy with just the one game back last week in the VFL. Um, yeah, took some good inset marks when it felt like he was out of position. Um, still a whole bunch of areas where I can see improvement and he was nothing like he was in those first yeah. two games. But a good, a good start, I think. Yeah, it's it's clearly going to take a bit of time to come back in and build the connection back with the team and get that sort of AFL form back. But I think we saw signs of just why he's important to us. I thought for pretty much the whole game, like team defense was really, really good, really oh, solid. There, there were moments where he was able to come in, intercept or get the spoil. He had five intercept possessions as well. So Clearly was doing yep. well, had the eight kicks and his disposal efficiency was 80%. So we know we can use that ball well and mm -hmm. it's definitely going to get better. And I, I felt throughout the game that we really stopped GWS being able to really generate any scores. There were so many times where they wanted to move the ball fast. They wanted to get going and they had no options and they just had to keep trying to switch the play and there's no options over there. Switch the play back. There's just no options and... Yeah. As much as that is so many other components as well, I do think that the return of Gov and having that third tall definitely helped us with a lot of the entries down there. 
And um, look, you, you speak about him, him looking pretty fit. Well, he better hoped he was fit because he got his jumper absolutely torn oh, yeah. off at one stage. Didn't he was wearing mean. the thing as a bib. Finally got to show off that new rig he's been working on in the offseason. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly why he kind of arced up. He's like, oh, <laughs> you might rip it, rip it off. He was arcing him up. Quick show, everyone, please. I've got to show him the progress. <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah, but yeah, that's I'm, good. It's, I'm it's, really... Oh, I was just going to comment. Go, like, just look. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Sorry to butt in there, mate. The, the <laughs> wonders of not being in the same room. We'll we'll get back there again. Just such a crazy difference uh, looking at, you know, a 10 disposal McGovern performance and thinking, mm. you know, that was good. Like, he played his role really yeah. well. Thinking back to last season when he was playing forward and, like, we just would never see him in mm. a game. Just wouldn't go near the pill. So... Like that's already an exciting thing as well. It just feels like he's, you know, he's got that role and now we just got to give him a little bit of time. Unfortunately, it's at the pointy end of the season where it's like, <laughs> you know, if, if you can get that form back sooner rather than later, that'd be good. But yeah, that's good signs. At least it's probably going to be a good test for the likes of him and Pitnet and these, maybe a, a Zach Williams, if he can come back, maybe a Jack <laughs> Martin as well, that you're getting almost a little bit of an audition for finals beforehand your Melbourne's yeah. your Brisbane away Collingwood as well that last game of the season which potentially could also be the team we play in our first final you're getting these uh, sort of high pressure games as the season finishes I think it's gonna probably be the best thing possible it looked scary at one stage hopefully results can go our way and we won't have to worry about making finals deep into the season but if we can bank wins if we can make it easy for us i think those games are going to be very important just to see how well we stack up and, and try to iron out all those little sort of kinks i suppose yeah 100 percent. oh boy it's fast approaching too fast i want uh <laughs> i want more relaxed games like this to be honest i think so but look i gotta talk about it was that was that just the weirdest crowd experience that you've yeah. endured at an afl game I didn't know if some of the GWS goals went in just from the lack of sound from the other end. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I felt like the Blues fans were booing at random moments just so there was something. Like, there wasn't even, like, a bad call or anything. It was like, we just... It just... There has to be something. Genuinely (laughs) the... Genuinely the quietest opposition I've ever heard at a game. Mm. A hundred percent. And I mentioned this to you, I think at half time. but mm. what is their crowd there? I am, I'm putting my tinfoil hat back on. And last time I did this, I was correct. So stand by people. Here we go. But I, I made the, the almost basically a bit of a joke saying that it was a bit of a renter crowd. Wouldn't surprise me if there was just the AFL officials going into there just to, just to wave some flags. But then I started to notice the flags in there. And I don't know if anyone else noticed this. This was genuinely making me cr- cr- laugh that much during this game. They had like three flags in the cheer squad and all of them were like generic PlayStation 2 AFL Live. Like what you'd generate from that game where it was like white flag with logo on it, white flag with mascot on it wasn't doing anything there's no writing just like you've googled the giant's mascot and that's all that was on it and then it was like and the team colors was on the other one and like that's all they had it was so sad 
how do they exist in this competition? <laughs> Send them to Tassie. Seriously. Sh- don't let that oh. get away. You need to do a deep dive investigation. Who was waving <laughs> those flags? Who made them? Like, was it Gil? Oh, I think so. Uh, genuinely, I thought it was in this, a simulation then because I'm like, there's no way this can actually be real. Just yeah. oh, horrendous. And but was... I tell you what, where the vibes were good, mate. I know, sorry to cut you off there, but I no, have no, to interject with this because shout out to this man. I have no idea who he is and I hope he listens because <laughs> he made my day. I had this man up in level two and mm. unfortunately, we were sort of above the cheer squad. So we... The cheer squad was there, but we couldn't really 100% get into the lovely fan experience down there. But I yeah. tell you what, we had our own cheer squad because there was one man leading the whole crowd. We had the vibe <laughs> man up on level two. He was going insane <laughs> for everything. There'd be a, a goal and he'd be up there trying to start chants. He was getting everyone oh, going excellent. and he just wouldn't stop. You know when sometimes like you start a chant and like no one goes with you and you sort of just... Mm. You get a bit embarrassed, you start to sit down. Yeah. Not this man. He kept going until everyone was chanting, and he was like, well, I'm just going to go all day until someone joins me. And every single yep. time without fail, we got around him, and it was honestly one of the most fun experiences I've had. So shout out to the vibe man on level two. If I could get my you know, <sighs> home reserve seats tickets next to this guy every single week, I would. He was an absolute blast. Oh, I love that. Shout out to the vibe, man. That's the energy that we want to be as a supporter base. You know, we're, we're getting the biggest crowds of anybody this season. Mm. We're back. Um, yeah, let's let's join and, uh, you know, bring that energy. It's great. I think so. Um, any other things you want to touch on from this game, whether it be positive or negative? Because we're kind of, mm. we're starting to gear up towards finals that we hope we're going to get in there. We should get in there. Um, so is there anything that you're seeing that we need to maybe improve on or things that you are liking so far? Yeah, well, I think we, we touched on the clearance factor with our yeah. rucks and, and our midfield mix. I think that's just something that's going to improve. It really just felt like, I mean, you and I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but myself walking into this game, I was expecting a big win. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to get inside the minds of the players. Is that how they were feeling? Mm. Um and yet you don't like that in theory, like thinking, you know, thinking that they're coming into a game knowing that they've won. But it felt like that energy at times yeah, where we just weren't kind of, yeah, it felt like we weren't taking the simple option at times. It was like we were trying to, we were, we were acting like the Giants were going to, I don't know, pull some crazy maneuvers on us <laughs> where we could have just done the simple things to get the an easy result. So mm. th- that's another reason why I feel like we're, we're ready for those those challenging games that are going to come mm. in the end of the season. So not a whole lot to worry about for me, but I'm keen to hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, it's interesting you mentioned that because I almost forgot about this until you brought it up then. But I was a little mm. bit worried going into the game because I was, not that it was too late. I think it was around 10 or so p.m. night before the game, scrolling through my Instagram and noticed that the old Jesse Motlop has gone live here oh, on, on Instagram. On and it was honestly one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if anyone else caught this, but it was Motlop, Dirt, and Carol. Um, Were and you then, there when I mean, Eddie Betts jumped on? I saw Daniel Motlop jump on for a little bit. Oh, um, okay. I missed then, that. Eddie, Eddie Betts was on, and yeah, it was great. No, it was just, it was an interesting thing. No one ever spoke 
pretty much throughout the whole ordeal. It was just staring at faces. Um, but I was a little bit worried that they were jumping on at, at 10 p.m. I'm like, boys, we got a game tomorrow. Get your rest sleep, up. get your rest. Um, but all, all, that ended up not playing into it, thank God, because I reckon if we lost, that would have been number one on the agenda, reasons why we lost, lack of sleep, lack of focus yeah. from the players well, there. But no, I'm glad they were able to uh, you know, balance the life and, and footy. I don't know if you've still got your tinfoil hat sitting next to you, though. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a good time to talk about the small forwards. Were you impressed? Yeah. Was, I wouldn't I wouldn't say impressed. No. Um, probably a bit of another lackluster game. It's been something we've spoken about. It's been a bit of a trend, I think, past month or so where we just haven't got the production. We haven't really got the pressure. I thought the pressure in the first quarter was good. Sort of dropped mm-hmm. off a little bit. Obviously, Honey comes in again this week. Thought he was better, but still not perfect. He kicked one of my favorite goals of the game, um, where I can't remember what GWS oh, yeah. play it was. Basically, just fumbled a mark and he's just snuck it straight through. Oh, he had a couple of almost moments as well, shots a goal, but he kicked my goal of the almost goal of the game is just for how ridiculous it was. Um, but yeah, they're not playing the best. I think we touched on this the other week saying that look, they are really young and experienced. So maybe that's part of it, but it is a bit of a concern because you're looking at the rest of the list and it's really sort of only Matty always that can kind of come in and, and play that role. We know he's that number mm. one for the pressure, but if we're needing goals, if we're needing these other little bit of spark from them, I, I'm just not sure if that's another hole on the list, whether for, for next season we need to maybe target a bit more of an experienced player down there. I don't know what it is, but they definitely need something. And it's maybe harsh to to, talk, to maybe bash them a little bit because they are so young and experienced. But I think the level that we kind of require at the moment from them, we're just not getting out of them. What did you kind of make from yeah. the small forwards? No, I think that's all really fair. I probably, I probably wouldn't go as far as thinking about the future in that way as it kind of being a whole because mm. I still I have I have full faith in these guys as being yeah that those premiership small forwards I think they can do it mm. but I think I think it's just objectively speaking as I look down this list of players I I don't know who I would put below those two my Legit. my favorite goal of the game was was Dirt's goal oh yeah Fucking brilliant oh so good insane just ridiculous take that goal out of it though. And he, I really didn't feel his impact. Um, mm. And this isn't the first time that, that we've been calling, saying that. Absolutely love them to death, not bashing them. Yeah. But it's like, if, if we're talking about where can we improve, I mean, it, it feels like that's a, a big, a big mm. one. It's a difficult part as well, just because, like we've mentioned, we don't really have anyone to come in. And, and probably if we did, you'd say that, the forms may be down. You go back to yep. the VFL, get your confidence back, work on a couple of deficiencies, and then come back in. Because, I mean, the, the Motlop and Durden are like the future. They are going to be really good players. They're just not at that level just yet. And we probably don't expect them to be. But it's the hard part of now being this team that wants to make finals, wants to start to push deeper into finals. And having such a young forward line, you can throw honey onto that. Even even Fisher is that kind of half forward. He's not that old either. So it's a difficult one. And I kind of want to touch on the half forwards as well. I found that being 
mm. a bit of an issue. Also, I thought Cottrell played a really good role there. Fisher's done very well, but at times yeah. I feel like we can lack some cohesion just with that forward line in, in general. I'm hoping that with uh, an inclusion like Peternet, that Silvani can go back down there and that's just going to be yeah. the, the solution. But I, I think there's still a a Jack Martin sort of hole in this team. And I'm not saying that he's the one that feels it, but yeah. the player that we wanted Jack Martin to be, I think that that's still something we miss in that forward line. And I don't know if, if Motlop's going to end up being that kind of player or who is, mm-hmm. but there's still that just, there's just that little gap in that forward line. And I hope it can gel be- before the end of the season, because we're going to need these small forwards to stand up and, and bring and apply that pressure. Cause that's how you win games in, in finals. 100% agree with you. It, it makes me feel a little bit better. I think I, I floated it last week when we felt like maybe there's a chance Pinnett will come back. And it was yeah. like, well, the forward line's going to look significantly different then mm. if TDK is going to be spending a lot more time down there. After a game like this, I, I feel even more just kind of ready that we can kind of switch up what that that dynamic looks like, yeah. I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of those guys makes way. Mm. Yeah, uh, look, that's, I mean, that's all the main kind of points I wanted to chat about yeah. this game. Was there anything else that, that you had before we, I guess, go on to the votes and starting to talk about next week? Let's do it. And I mean, the the uh, the fan questions are always brilliant and they always take us back to the game anyway. Oh, exactly. So let's jump into the fan votes. You guys gave your one vote to Charlie Kernow, who we haven't even touched on, but another no. just... Beautiful performance from the man himself. Ended up getting the four goals. Could have had even more. He was looking beautiful down there. Kicked some important ones for us. Uh, Two to Sammy Walsh. And your best on ground was the man who played his best game. One of the best games I've ever seen. Adam Saad. Lockie, who did you give your votes to? I am completely aligned with the fans this week, mate. With my 3-2-1. But, but, I have to say... I thought really hard about the plowman, honestly, yeah. and I, mm. I I want to remain credible. And I thought, no, if I have, if I had to choose between him and Charlie, I think a four goal, ten mark, eighteen disposal performance from his centre half forward gets it. But he plowman was right there. Yeah, it was a tough one because I, I really wanted to give a vote for Plow for his best game. I would have loved to give him a vote to Setterfield because uh-huh. I just for what he was able to do and I guess my expectation levels of him going into the game and how he performed. I also thought, and I think I forgot to mention him the other week too, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Kennedy. He's kind of going under the radar, but he's not Isn't putting he? a foot wrong every single week. He's so consistent and I'm really, really enjoying what I'm seeing from him. Disposal's perfect. He gets us out of trouble a few times. But unfortunately, guys like Walshy and so just take that spotlight just from the maybe a bit more flashy things that they can do. Um, I've got the same three. Got them in a bit of a different order. I've given Ooh. one to Sammy Walsh, which is maybe a bit of a snub. Um, yep. Probably because he missed a bit of time just with that injury um, going <laughs> off. I had to give my two to Charlie Kerner. I thought his goals were so important for us when... Yeah, they were. Look, I thought Harry did play a really good game, but missed a couple of chances, so those goals from Charlie maybe become worth a little bit more. And, and of course, Saad gets the three. It was sort of him, everyone else below yeah. him. It's just how good he was. Um, but yeah, I guess let's go straight into the fan questions, Lockie. And as always, I'll lead off with a 
couple of statements because we get a few statements thrown in with the questions too. Christy <laughs> just said Lockie Plowman's game with a blue love heart. Couldn't agree with you more. We love seeing a bit of Plowman love on Twitter for a change. It's um, nice. Very rare, <laughs> but nice. And one from Josh, the Carlton Blues fan here. Uh, he just said, we are better with both Lob and Cottrell in the team, uh, which mm. I think we'd both agree with. Yeah, and it's a weird thing to think about. If someone said at the start of the season, Cottrell would be pretty much locked on best 22, I yeah. would have laughed at you. I would have laughed at you. So the like, I'll ask you this question. I'm not sure if someone else has, so apologies, but <laughs> there's been a lot of improvement this year. Is Matty Cottrell our most improved? Oh, yes. I, uh, I had seen that flying around on Twitter. Not to us, I don't think, but... I think it has to be Zach Fisher for mm. me. Ooh, um, fair. Cottrell, of course, has improved massively, but Fisher also wasn't best 22. Uh, yeah. Or, sorry, or arguably well, not best yeah. 22. You know, we didn't know. Is he a midfielder? Like, it didn't feel like it. Is mm. he a small forward? Didn't feel like it. Um, so I'll, I'll give it to him. But would mm. you say, Matt? Yeah, it's... Now, as soon as you mentioned Fish, it, it probably does have to go for him. He played well again this week. I, I was very impressed with what he's able to do. Thought he was yeah. really good when he pushes up into the midfield. And he probably gets it because of the level he's gotten to and how hard that is to get to. Yeah, I think the reason why the argument for Matty Cottrell's there is just because I kind of... I wasn't sure if we're going to re-sign, re-sign this guy. Like, is he even yeah. on our squad, let alone the best 22 and now we sort of really carved out a role. And, and that's been what I've been so impressed with, with you know Michael Voss. And I've had some conversations with some mates that support other teams and talking about Carlton. And my biggest mm. thing I, I've been saying is just how we've been able to, our bottom six or so, everyone has a role. And I'm not concerned about like the bottom six anymore. Like that's not my issue. It's trying to get the game style working and, and filling these little other roles that we maybe need. But the bottom six, I'm confident that we've kind of figured it out with those guys. Well said, mate. 100% agree with you. Got one here from Anthony, the Lone Wolf Ant, one of our favorites here on the pod. Uh, what stuff is Sam Walsh on? Because I think we need to get on it too. Seriously. <laughs> Please. How, uh, I wanted to address this one as well. How good was that oh. cheer from the crowd? Kerno kicks that goal. Wiedering comes back on, and then Walshy. He was gone. Oh. Three minutes later, jogging back onto the center <laughs> circle, and the crowd erupts. God, it was wholesome. Look, I can't remember which one went down first. I think it might have been Walshy. Yeah. And I just remember getting a message from you just being like, I'm done. Like, the honor. <laughs> we've lost Walshy. And, oh, like, and then about two minutes later, I pretty much just said the same thing when when Weedering's gone down. I was like, oh, no, we are in trouble here. And I reckon I spent the next couple of minutes honestly just staring at the bench, being like, is Nunes warming up? Where's Walshy? Is he up there? Like, I just stopped worrying about the game and my attention went straight to the health of these two boys. Seriously. I don't know how you were when they both came on, but it was sort of like Charlie's kicked the goal. Everyone's up and about starting to get over the top of him and then start to see Weedering walk yeah. towards Shear Squad end. And it was like, oh my God, that's why everyone's getting up and about. And Weedering's back on the field. And like, you just, the vibes are getting up and about. And then all of a sudden, I just turned my head to the, to the center to actually watch the game. 
Is that Walshy? Holy shit, the boys are back. That has to be one of the best cheers and just crowd <laughs> moments. And you better believe Vibe Man on level two was he was almost about to jump off the, the railing. It was unbelievable. Thought he was about to spontaneously combust. Oh. <laughs> you threw you threw me under the bus. I'll throw my dad under the bus because as <laughs> as Wieners came back on, I, I was having a look at the bench. I'm like, I reckon Walshy's gonna come back on here too. And he goes, No, no. No chance. <laughs> Did you see that ankle? No. Nah. <laughs> Ten seconds oh. later. Yeah, we could hear Vibe Man <laughs> from up on level three. 100%. But, oh, I mean, fingers crossed. I know he's potentially gone in for just, you know, some precautionary scans. And I'm just going straight onto Twitter to see if there's any oh. injury report that it's come out so far. It doesn't look like it. Fingers crossed there's no issues for him. Um, but, yeah, that roar was... One of the highlights of the game because it was kind of a bit of a dull affair. So those little moments in a win are definitely very good because we know how important both of those are for us. We do. Uh, we do sometimes get. Oh, I should say often get breaking news during the pod record. So uh, you know, I'll keep my eye on Twitter <laughs> as well. See if we get anything juicy. But in the meantime, Andrews Blues, you're gonna love this question because I tell you what, you had some. Fellas around you who were vocal. I had some around me who I think would agree with Andrew here. When do our coaches step in and start putting in some rules around when players can take a snapshot at goal instead of a straightforward drop punt? Yeah. We may have talked about this maybe a couple of months ago, but mm. see if you, your opinion's changed. I don't think it's necessarily changed. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not too fussed. I know people are and the traditionalists are like kick a drop punt like that's the best thing and, and i'm kind of more of this i think the snap from certain areas has a better chance to go in probably as a uh, if you do miss the miss is a lot worse because of just how you hit the ball but it's a miss nonetheless so like what does it matter like you're quantifying a miss for me but yep i think there is issues with Harry. He's just missing them, like missing anything. He can kick a drop punt. He's missing that. He's having a bit of a, a down patch at the moment. So I'm not too fussed. I think sometimes it frustrates me when they're quite far out. And I'm like, really? You go on the snap from there? But then when it comes off, you don't really give a shit. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, is that fence sitting for me for once? Uh, what, what's your kind of take it is. on it? It is fence sitting. And I'm not going to actually allow it from you on this one. What? No disrespect to the question, and so many people are asking this, but it's it's similar to the selection discussion for me. Who are we to say that we know what is more likely to go through off Harry's boot than the mm. man who has had thousands of shots on goal with that boot? And yeah. I agree with you. You see them line up from forty five out, like like Cripper did, um, yeah. and it was surprising. But like. Do you, do you think that he only practices set shots at training and then he gets in the mm-hmm. game and he's like, oh, I might snap this one? No. <laughs> like, that's what he thinks is the is the best result. So, yeah. even though it was surprising, I'm like, why didn't you drop pump that? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, these guys, it's their job and they know so much more than mm-hmm. us. Yeah, I think the Cribs one is the one I got annoyed at because I was like, oh, I've never seen you do that before. You've been so good at your set shot. Yeah. Drop and then he kicked one like, at the end of the game anyway. Can you can you do this do the set shot drop punt because that's been working for you? But yeah, I agree with you. And surely Harry has some 
credit in the bank after winning a common medal doing it. You'd <laughs> think, you'd think. Um, it's going to be insane that, fingers crossed, I don't want to oh, yeah. don't want to moz it. I'm touching Touch all the wood, wood possible in this room. But it's insane to think that we could have a different common medalist from the same team two years insane. in a row. That's ridiculous to think about. Oh, and he's obviously excluded from our most improved discussion earlier because that's just <laughs> not fair. Yeah, I don't think it is. It's a our non-Charlie Kerno most improved award. It's almost like the non-Sam Walsh Navy Blue Corner uh, best and fairest. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the, uh, Sam Walsh versus the field. <laughs> um. Got a question from Alchemy Blue. Uh, we, we've covered a lot of this, but just ask, what do you think of Setterfield's game? Thought he was good, mm. more composed, yeah. presented well, and disposal much improved. Stints in VFL is working well for some players. Thought that was just an interesting mm. way to end that question because, uh, mm. you know, it, it's, it, it is interesting that, um, I suppose it goes back to that doubt discussion before, where big believers in put the work in in the VFL and you'll yeah. be rewarded. It isn't necessarily the case, though, in a team like, us now, but ha- happy for Setterfield, and I, I think he'll keep his spot. Mm, no, it's a, it's a very interesting kind of point to end that on. I, I do like it because it's what it's for, and I think we have seen improvement from guys throughout the season. Boyd was playing well, gets a go. Um, you know, Stocker was putting in some good shifts, comes in, and obviously there's things that they're yeah. not happy with, which is why he gets dropped there. Like you didn't do this, this, this. We mm-hmm. told you that was obviously important. And that's just the discussions that obviously happen behind closed doors that we'd love to be privy to. We'd love, you know, <laughs> Vossi to come out and tell us exactly why a player's been dropped, but it's just not going to because it's probably not good for the player to his weaknesses to be ousted in the public, which is a little bit frustrating from us because we want to know everything. But I agree yeah, with we'll you. I'm happy with, I'm happy with the development at the moment. You, you look at look at the form of the non-listed, you know, VFL players and yeah, proven we've got out of so many random names there that you know O'Keefe has done such a brilliant job with those guys and and all the coaches you know Luke Power as well on development. It, it's exciting, mate. Can the VFL team win a flag? Who knows? Oh, mate, that's maybe a discussion for after the pod. But I was having a little squizzy at, at Sportsbet on that one, so maybe I'll circle back with you on that because I'm backing them even- in. I didn't even know you could bet on the VFL. That's dangerous. Oh, <laughs> that's you bet. <laughs> right, that's for after the show. Might, <laughs> maybe a quick one here from Patrick Molan. Looking a uh, uh, little bit arguable, but I, I kind of agree with Patrick here. It's looking quite likely that Carlton will play Collingwood first week of the finals. Um, I do agree that that's probably the most likely thing. So yeah. his question, what will the crowd be should that eventuate? I want you to put put a figure into the uh, into the ether here. And, and just for some context, I've had a bit of a look. We'll see if afltables.com is a credible source or not. Looks like 84,000 is the top crowd of this year so far. That was Essendon Collingwood. And we had 80,000 at Collingwood Carlton, uh, which was quite a dreary, uh, rainy, yeah. sunny, uh, sorry, su- Sunday Arvo. So do you want to put a Got number the graveyard shift? Yeah. Look, if we make finals... And we end up playing Collingwood. I reckon it'll be massive. I honestly think the last round is going to big because there's gee, going to big. I can speak English um, because I've spoken to a, <laughs> I've spoken to a bunch of people and a few Collingwood supporters, a few Carlton supporters that 
they're not massively into the footy. Like they don't go every week. They kind of just half follow it. That all of them have said, oh my God, last get round of the season, Carlton Collingwood need to be there. So I reckon that one could be up in numbers. You mm-hmm. quantify final on top of that. I'm going to actually go the full figures in this one. Let's let's get this out here. I will go that there will be 92,061 is going to be my score. I'll write this down in my little notebook so we can come back to this. If Love I it. get this, I, I've won something, surely, I think. Surely. All right. Get What's your number? Your, get mine your notebook. 90,018. And 18. Oh, the, I should have gone the unders. I know the price is right. Yeah, I should I've have, got the should under. have gone <laughs> You lose. But no, I think they, they could. I, what's the biggest crowd in a first week final? I, I think we might yeah. shatter the records. These are the, these are the questions that if we were as well prepared as some of our kind reviewers <laughs> say that we are, we would have on head. Which takes us into our the last four questions, as we often get. Um, because as soon as we have a good game like this, it's on to the next. Job yes. done. What's happening next week? So, Tracy Reid, great question here. How on earth do we fit everyone in? Good luck and God bless. I would hate to be on the match committee. Could not agree more. We say that basically every week. Glad yeah. that's not our job. Um, from Adrian here, a good one. Are Jack Martin and Zach Williams certainties to come in when fit? Um, one from M. Who will go out? Should Hewitt be fit for next mm. week? And then Navy Blue Baggers has thrown a bunch out here. Martin, Williams, Pido, Boyd. And then the man who we haven't talked about in forever, Cunningham. Mm. If they're all available, who is best 22? Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. A lot no, of good questions. There's Thanks a lot for there. All of those. Throwing yeah. us under the bus with it, with trying to make decisions here. I agree with, I think it was Tracy who said, don't want to make that decision because I don't want to at all. I was trying to do the changes for this week and yeah, I got no idea. I've got two I can probably take out. I can't find a third because let's just say this week you've got Pitnett, Hewitt, and maybe an Owies to come in. Uh-huh. I can only find two people to come out. I've got no idea how they do this. Like my changes for this week would be Pitnet in, Honey comes out because then I think you can you move JSOS to that half forward kind of role. That works yeah. out fine. And then because we've got, I guess, a fair few of the smalls in there, maybe a Durden or Motlop gets dropped for a Hewitt, but like I don't know. I'd like an <laughs> always in there to replace one of those. I genuinely... It's so difficult. I've tried to look at the team and like I want seven defenders. I want TDK to still play there. You've got to keep yep. the midfielders in there. I want Cottrell to stay in because of his form, but I don't know how to fit them all in. And as far as I'll answer the question before going to you, as far as like who's yeah, no, walk right. in, I think Zach Williams, if fit, is our best 22. He can take Plowman spot right now. I think if Boyd's fit and Williams isn't, he takes that plowman role. Um, mm-hmm. Jack Martin, I can see a world he is, but I'd rather him <laughs> show me something in a the world. VFL. Um, Pitnet, definitely. I think always his best 22 for me. I'm not really? sure if he was mentioned in that, but I would have him just through the pressure. 
He was like the number one tackles inside 50 player in the AFL out of every single team. I think that's vital to our pressure. We've seen it drop since he hasn't been in the team. So I think that that's a big component of how we play. And then, yeah, the, the, the curveball of Cunningham. Gee, I don't know if we're even going to see him this year. It's going to be a, a sad one if we don't. He's probably not. I probably see him as best 22. But it, for me, he'd, he'd need a month of VFL for me to even maybe consider him, which he's just not going to get. To come in in finals off nothing, off no connection with the rest of the players... I think that's going to be the hardest thing for him to, to really break in. But maybe next season, if he's fit and firing, I can see him. But probably I might put a line through him this year and just say, if you're fit, just get some conditioning yeah. in the twos because you're going to need it for next year. I think it's almost one of those exercises where we need to get all the names down on paper because you're right. In yeah. theory, it, it feels good to say that Cunningham is best 22, but... Even if we think about some of the best patches that he's had, where the hell is it? Mm, yeah. And I, I agree with your point about always for, for sure. McGovern for Honey would be my, my first one, even though I thought Honey probably showed a bit more than Durgeon Motlop. I, I, I really haven't been super impressed since uh, just in this little patch that Honey's had here. But sorry, then, who were you? Yeah. Who were you chucking in? Sorry, you said oh, McGovern. I'll have to call you out on that one because he's already in the team. I just want some clarification. Oh, I know it's been long, so I'm not going to blame you for it. Was it Pitt? Was that who you're wanting? Pitt in, hardy out. <laughs> yeah, good call. But then it even gets hard here. Oh. We're like you say with Hewitt. Um, this is going to become a bit of a recurring mm. thing with us doing yeah. our changes and not being able to <laughs> put an answer. I don't know what the answer is because. No. You would think it would mean that Nunes is no longer the sub and he's yep. out. And one of those guys is probably going to go to the sub and they're going to be really mm. stiff, but far yeah. out. Like, because, like, yeah, because, like, like, Setterfield came in for him, but played on the wing and then kind of nailed down that spot for next week. And then well, who else has to make way? Because Hewitt's not coming in to play wing. You need someone else in there which means someone else is playing more half forward. But Cottrell's kicked two important goals. You can't drop him. Can you drop another small if you're already dropping Honey? It's selection headaches all round. Let us know if you're listening to this. If you're on YouTube, mm -hmm. put them in the comments because I need to make sense. I need some time during this week to write them all down, see my team, and I'm going to steal some inspiration off you guys. I'd love a discussion yeah. in the comments. If everyone's fit, who plays? And then also just this week, who comes in? Drop in the comments. And if you're not, if you're listening to this on any streaming podcast service, get on Twitter, get on Instagram, get on Facebook at Navy Blue Corner. Let us know. DM us, post whatever you want. We will definitely be replying because we need that all the help we can get with these selections. I've genuinely mm. got no idea. I don't know who to drop because so many different things change us. One of the one of the things I could see this week, there's been those little you know little rumors on twitter that maybe a, a jack silvani's been playing through some soreness does he yeah. maybe just get a week off and then you reassess hewitt might not even be be fit enough to come back in do you do you give tdk a rest after a really big period of soloing in the ruck is he maybe a little yeah. bit tired and just before finals i think we had a question the other week about maybe resting a couple of players if they're not a hundred percent Mm -hmm. Is this the week to do it if we've got a few guys coming in? So, yeah, I think this is going to be one of the most exciting weeks as far as changes are concerned because 
Pitts had two ridiculous games in the twos. He has to come in now, you'd think. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And we're, and we're just when you think about those players, like I'm trying to put them into like their role. Yeah. And, and like, obviously it's like, yeah, Kerno and Harry, lock in. They're your tools. And Jack is obviously going to be, um, so, sorry, I should say, Sauce is going to be the guy that's playing that, yeah. that you know, that mid-sized. So then what, are we playing two of them with Jack Martin? Mm. Yeah. And TDK as like And Cottrell a, as a so half why, forward? Yeah. That's why I challenged the Jack Martin one. Uh, I just, yeah, it's so hard. It's like we we talk about Plough and Setterfield as those guys. That it's always like, no, they're not good enough. He's almost the opposite, I feel. Mm. It's like, it's always just, you know, there's this assumption that, yes, he's one of our best forwards. He has to be in all the time. When you look at the the body of work, he does good things, but I, I just don't think that he's a walk-up guy right now. Yeah. But Williams, I want to just address your point on that mm. as well. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, no, like prove it to me, Williams. What have you done for me recently? Before he went out, he was yeah. in great form. Um, yeah. He's straight in for mine. Mm. Yeah, I was really impressed with his defensive side of the game, which is something weird talked about at length that wasn't there last season. That was there, and he was just starting to get that offensive side back in, which I think is what the coaches have been talking about. If you, if you see the in- improvement from a Boyd and, and even like a Newman and, and a Saad, mm. like the defensive side this season from all of them has just increased a ridiculous amount. So maybe there was a bit of more focus on that, and then he could get that attacking side back in. But yeah, I think as far as class for finals, it's one of those players, like you go back to the the final against Collingwood that GWS played. He's got that finals experience. He's He pretty much won yeah. a final almost just by himself. How good was he? Taking GWS over the line there. And I think knowing how inexperienced we are, knowing how young this group is, comes come final times, we might have to rely on your Zach Williams, your Hewitts, because who else has played finals in this team? There's not many of them. We haven't had many people from other teams that have played finals. As much as we go to our leaders, the Crippers, the, the oh, Docks, mate. the Weederings, they haven't had that. And we saw that last week that did they handle it amazingly? So, yeah, I reckon the experience of him is going to be quite vital come the end of the season. How good is it going to be to see Big Rick lead us out onto a finals game? Boy, does that man deserve. Mm. <sighs> I'd love to see a big Rick goal too, just to see the celebration from him. It would be a thing oh, of no. beauty. He'll burst. <laughs> He'll pop. 100%. Look, is that everything you've got for us this week, Lockie? Absolutely, mate. I'm, I'm actually lucky enough to be heading over to the beautiful Adelaide Oval for the first Ooh. time this weekend. Enjoy. So feeling very excited to uh, see what the vibes are like there. Looks like there'll be lots of baggers joining me too. Mm. Look, you'll be the man on the ground there. So I'm expecting uh-huh. a, a lot of feedback to come back. You know, tell me what's going on. Be on the ground. Get the rumors coming. Get on big you. footy. Tell us what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else from you this week, mate? You excited for next week? We're getting up. Very excited. We're playing Adelaide. I may not have even mentioned that. Um, Adelaide. No, I have respect. That's how much. There's, there's not a lot of respect. But it is. Is it a danger game, Lockie? Um, <laughs> oh, it's, and that's all for today, folks. And that's us done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be an interesting game because Adelaide, have, they're not an easy, no team's easy to beat. Over there, they are a little bit better and they have been taking a lot of teams kind of 
to the final quarter to beat them. Um, yeah. We've just got to play our best again, and I believe our best is good enough. We should be beating a team like this, and I'll be very excited to be here this time next week to chat about another win with a man who's been at the lovely ground. But I'll, I've, I've put them at the start of the show. I'll put them at the oh. end an hour in for you as well. If you're listening to this, leave us a review. Again, Apple Podcast. You can write one down. Give us five stars. I'll read out anything you write and give you guys a shout out on the podcast. Subscribe to YouTube so we can get to 300 because it's a big, it's a, it's a bit far away. But if we get to a thousand, we oh. can actually get some memberships Saints. going. We can start to get some money into the podcast. We can get some giveaways because pretty much we're not here to just yeah. line our pockets with this money because I tell you, there's probably not going to be much <laughs> of it. It's all going to be going straight back into this and straight back into it for you guys. Um, so definitely subscribe if you're watching. Um, follow us on socials at Navy Blue Corner. That's going to be it for me. That's so many plugs. They're all there. I will see you guys next time.